don't walk, just run. Don't think, just do. And fine tune and perfect as you go. Cause you're going to learn so much. You're going to learn so much about yourself. You're going to learn so much about your business and your business is going to change over the course of six months, the first 90 days, the first year. And it's, it's going to turn into exactly what it's supposed to be as long as you keep going. And you're going to want to quit more times more times than it makes sense to keep going. But if you just push through that barrier and have a little bit of hope, you're going to be just fine. Welcome to Made It Happen podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Hafling. Made It Happen is a podcast series highlighting female founders who took a chance and launched their own business. Through interviews with female entrepreneurs, Made It Happen is dedicated to inspiring others through stories of those who have experienced going out on their own firsthand, discussing all the highs and the lows. It can be easy to see the glamorous side of starting your own business through the internet and social media, but what does it really take behind the scenes to launch and run your own successful business? Hear how these inspiring female founders made it happen. Hey, well, I just want to start off by saying thank you so much for joining me here today. And I'm so excited to hear about your journey as an entrepreneur and in the fitness and nutrition industry. And how about we just start off by having you tell us a little bit about yourself and your business? Awesome. So my name is Sam Wallace. I am an online health and fitness coach. I help women uh, basically ignite their inner selves through custom nutrition plans and custom training. I also am the creator of a 16-week bikini body transformation program where I work directly with women in a group setting online in helping them achieve their dream bikini bodies. I've been super fortunate this last year to help coach over 100 women and men combined in their health and fitness journeys, and I look forward to growth to come in 2021. Wow, that's incredible. And so I guess to get started, do you want to tell us a bit about how you first got into this industry and what really attracted you to it? Yeah, absolutely. So I got into the health and fitness industry going on nine years now. I originally was drawn to fitness because growing up in my adolescence and teenage years, I was a competitive studio dancer. I was active my whole life. Um, I actually did struggle with some eating disorders and got into a pretty rebellious teenage phase. Um, And I'll let you kind (laughs) of have some fun with imagination on that. But anyways, when I graduated high school, I felt lost because I was no longer in studio dance anymore. And my health and physique was very important to me. And I was kind of going through this path of how am I going to continue to have healthy like team competition in my life, but also thriving in my own health and fitness goals. And I started going to the gym and I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I would kind of just wander around aimlessly and copy other people. And this is before uh, YouTube and Instagram and um, Facebook were really a thing as far as influencers go. So it wasn't like you could just get online and search a workout. Um, you're kind of just, you know, old school in that sense at the beginning of that technology transition. So I ended up meeting a good, who became someone who became a good friend, um, but was a trainer at the gym I was going to at the time. And he was getting ready to branch out and start his own independent training company. So we had kind of started working together a little bit and a girlfriend mentioned to me, oh, have you ever thought about competing in the NPC? 
which is a division for or a league for bodybuilding. And when I thought of bodybuilders, I thought bodybuilders were, you know, true bodybuilders, like the big, really muscular girls. Um, and so I was kind of turned off to that idea. I said, you know, I don't really think that that's for me. And she goes, no, you got to look into the bikini division. It's very feminine. It's a fitness model type look. Um, I think that you would do really well in it. You should go to a show and, and see what you think and then give it a shot. So I talked to my coach about it. He had actually competed in the NPC previously and he was all, yeah, let, let's do it. So I originally started training for a figure division and kind of fell into the bikini division, you know, as a starting point. It wasn't something that I thought I was going to have success in or wasn't really my end goal, but I ended up doing really well as an amateur and my life just kind of turned into five years of competing. And in that time frame, you know, I was really on a personal self-discovery journey of healing myself and discovering who I was with fitness. And it landed me a lot of great opportunities with fitness modeling. I was able to secure a cover model opportunity. Um, I was able to go on and pursue certifications in health and fitness uh, for corrective rehabilitation, personal training, and nutrition. And I was fortunate enough to coach for Orange Theory for a little while. And then eventually I made the transition into um, full-time online coaching. So that's a, a little bit of my background. <laughs> Amazing. Well, and there's so many things that I want to jump into, but I guess to start when you had made that transition from, you know, working from a gym to doing it on your own with your own business, was there, what was it that really attracted you to starting your own business? And was this something you had always seen yourself doing? It's so funny you asked that because I was actually just having this conversation the other day. So I come from um, initially the service industry. So I used to be a bartender and a server. And up until this last year, that's what I was doing full time as my main source of income. Um, I was going to school, like traditional college, and I had an original plan of becoming a doctor. But I realized the more and more I went with my schooling that really I did not, school wasn't for me. I was never really interested in school. I just kind of pursued it as something that you're, we're supposed to do, right? Like you're supposed to graduate high school and get your diploma and then you go to college and you get your degree and then you start a family. All these traditional ideas were I guess staples that I had put on myself and I thought that that was the journey I was supposed to follow, but I never felt fulfilled and satisfied. I always knew I wanted to go into the health industry in some form because I truly genuinely just care about other people's health and wellness and helping them find themselves and become the best versions of themselves. And so I went back and forth for a long time with coaching because when I was coaching for Orange Theory or I was coaching for you know commercial gyms, I just, the money was never there and I never thought that it could be something that could be pursued full-time as a career. So it was always just a second job or a hobby to me until the pandemic came about. So like I said, I was in the service industry and when the pandemic hit, our entire industry was shattered. I mean, we were, we were shut down. We didn't have jobs. We were all furloughed and waiting for the best news of when we could reopen. And the further and further this pandemic continued, the less and less of a possibility that seemed um, like it would be 
returning for us. And if it did return and when it did return, um, if that would be even something sustainable anymore. So I, right before the pandemic had hit, I had started having this personal shift and I knew that I wanted to start my own business. I knew that I didn't want to work for other people anymore. I knew that I was capable of providing people with value and really helping them thrive in their lives, but I just couldn't find what that niche was. And I started kind of doing some soul searching and realizing, why am I not coaching? This is something I'm so passionate about. Why am I not doing this full time? So the pandemic hit, we went into quarantine and lockdown. And that was when I had this realization that, no, it's now or never. And if I don't pursue starting my own online coaching business, I'm never going to do it. And if I fail, what's the worst that's going to happen? I'm going to be in the same position I'm in right now. So I'd rather just fail trying than not try at all. And that's kind of how I was blossomed into owning my own business. And I'm so happy I took that leap of faith. I could I could never imagine going backwards or ever working for somebody again. It's just, it's so incredible. It's the best decision anyone will ever make. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that story. And I think there's also so many, you know, great piece of advice. And it really, you know, was that blessing in disguise that got you to where you were. And do you want to talk a bit about, you know, once you made that decision, really sort of the back end of building your business in general, or maybe finding clients, um, and sort of some of those, you know, behind the scene things of getting it up and running? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that this is really subjective to each person, but knowing your audience and being able to adapt with current events that are going on. So when I actually made the decision that I was going to start my own business, it was actually a six month plan that got condensed into a 72 hour period. I had made the decision to invest in a business coach before starting my business because I think as entrepreneurs, we have this really, these really big dreams and these really great ideas, but we struggle with formulating the road to getting to those dreams, right? So you can envision yourself a year or five years down the road and and the goals you want to accomplish, but really laying that foundation to build your house. I think that that's why most people fail or struggle to actually fully dive into their business. And so for me, I felt that I needed that extra handholding and guidance to get me to that position to where I could eventually thrive and grow on my own. So when I started working with my business coach at that time, you know, we were planning on, on doing this, gradually building the back end of my business over a six month period. And then obviously the quarantine happened and my current industry got shut down. So we had to take everything we were building and put it into action right away. And I think that comes with finding opportunity and adversity. And that was really shown for a lot of people during the first initial four months of lockdown, right? People either retracted and kind of turned a blind eye to what was going on because they were going through a lot of, I think families were just going through a lot of chaos in general. Whereas there was another half of us that, looked at the situation and we said, okay, this isn't a negative. This is a positive because it's allowing influencers and people with an online presence to actually show up and provide others that are going through chaos value and how they can manage this 
this uncontrollable circumstance, if you will. So it was not easy uh, starting to build the back end of my business. And it was a lot of trial and errors and a lot of tears. I mean, I spent a good eight months just you know, something would work for a little bit and then it would stop working. And then I would try something different and that would work for a little bit and then it would stop working. And I think that that's just the cycle of being an entrepreneur is that's always going to happen. But if you are somebody who started your business in one of the worst and most struggling economic times and are able to find success in that, I think it's just a precursor for what's to come. So, um, I guess to answer your question a little bit more thoroughly, One is showing up in your online presence as an educator and providing value to your clientele. So asking people that follow you, you know, what, what do you want to see? What do you need right now? Because people are drawn to you for the knowledge that you put behind the questions that they need answers to. And that's what formulates that trust. Um, So I think that by really showing my value and what I provide to my niche in that specific space, that's what built that trust and eventually led to the snowball effect of lead generation. And I'm very humbled to say that out of, let's say like a total hundred percent of sales over the course of the last, um, year, right. I would say that 85% of those leads were inbound and the other 15% were outbound generation. So if you provide the value, then they will come. (laughs) Yes. I, I think that's such a great piece of advice. If you provide the value, they will come. And I think that, you know, with businesses in general, that's what people are being drawn to. And that's sort of where it's coming from. So I think it's so great that, you know, that's what you were able to find works for you. And you made a lot of great points there about entrepreneurs in general. And um, I know you had recently made a post about prioritizing yourself at this time. And this can be tough for a lot of people and especially entrepreneurs in general. And do you have just sort of any advice on this? Yeah. So like I was saying before, when it comes to having these dreams or ideas, and I think this is transcendent across the board for any niche, whether you're an entrepreneur or somebody wanting to just start their fitness journey, you have to have structure. So time blocking is an essential part of your schedule and your routine that needs to take precedence over everything else. And I will be the first to preach that I was never great about this. I, I'm a very like go with the flow type person that if, you know, whatever happens happens and I'll just figure it out as it comes. And that's just how I've always been super laid back, but it's wonderful in my personal life, but it's very toxic to my business. And you can ask my clients even now, if it's not in my schedule, it's not getting done. And I think that when you're building a business, that prioritization has to come first. And what I mean by that is physically writing out, and whether you do it week by week or month by month, I mean, obviously everyone's schedules are a little bit different. And if you're someone just starting out, you know, you may be able to get away with just time blocking your week in advance. And that comes down to what your content is going to be for that week on social media. Your marketing is your number one selling point um, in any business. You have to get great at marketing. And to get great at marketing, you have to have topics that are relevant to your ideal clientele. So 
being able to just kind of formulate those ideas and then apply imperfect action and then perfect it as you go. I mean, we're always going to learn from our failures. And if you are going to become an entrepreneur, you have to be ready and willing to fail more times than you're going to succeed. So I think that that's step one. Um, Also making sure that, you know, you are scheduling in time in your day for necessary tasks, that, like non-negotiables, things that you have to set aside time for, for yourself. And whether that's self-care, um, like going to the gym for an hour a day, that's a non-negotiable in mine. So I make sure I always have that time blocked in. Or, you know, this on, on Mondays, I'm going to set aside three hours to just do outbound lead generation, where I'm just going to spend three hours direct messaging people and creating relationships to eventually turn into return clients or at least make a new friend along the way. But these are just a few um, ideas. And then I think setting business hours for yourself is very important also. So establishing what that time is going to look like Monday through Friday. So for me, I always take off Wednesdays and I take off Saturdays and Fridays. Those are just my days. And then I condense my workload across the rest. So I say, you know, my business hours, I don't start work before 9am. I don't check emails. I don't check social media. I might check some text messages just in case a client reaches out. But nine to seven o'clock at night are my work hours. And I don't work after that. And I don't work before that. And that's something I wish I would have set aside for myself when I first started. Um, because I think it would have saved me a lot of headaches and given me a lot, a little bit more um, clarity time for myself in between. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I think there's so many great points there. And like you said, it is sort of tough for entrepreneurs to set those boundaries, but it is so important. I think, especially with the time blocking is a great way to really go at that. And, um, you know, one thing too, is you had said sort of the non-negotiable of going to the gym. And I think this is sort of a big goal a lot of people have been making. And, but then, you know, as time goes on, people might start feeling unmotivated. Um, Do you have sort of just any advice for people who might be in this time? Or if there's ever times when you feel unmotivated, sort of what you do to bring yourself back up? Yes. So I think that just in general, and this isn't even directed at entrepreneurs only, um, I think that as humans, we tend to fall into more productive goals or drives when we do have this high, high of motivation. But in order to achieve success, you have to create a lifestyle and lifestyles come out of habit reformation. So really breaking down again and getting back to time blocking when you create a regimented habit for yourself, that's when you create a lifestyle for yourself. And if your goal is to run a business and start a business, then you have to have that, you have to have that discipline to carry that forward, which is why tools like time blocking do make such a great staple in your life because it gives you direction, but it also keeps you grounded. So uh, for me, for instance, I go through months where I have really, really, really high highs and I'm just on straight work mode. I won't stop. I mean, I'll wake up and I'll start working on my business. And the next thing I know, it's one o'clock in the morning and I'm still working. And it's just because I have so much motivation that I feel like if I stop, I'm not going to continue that momentum forward. Um, So I personally had to really train myself and learn that 
hey, it's okay to walk away for a little bit. You can set that task down and come back to it at a later time and still be just as productive. Um, I also think too, is figuring out when your most creative times are in your day. And, And this goes into working out too and having that motivation. I was one of those people that for years, I thought that the only way to be successful was to wake up at four o'clock in the morning or five o'clock in the morning to give myself more time in my day. And I've always been a night owl. I am my most creative at night. I am my most um, in tune with myself at night. And I really struggled during that time period because I wasn't getting anything done. I was just tired. I thought that I had to be in bed by 10 p.m. And then trying to push my workouts, you know, to early morning. So I would do it first thing in the day. I just, I didn't thrive. So I had to make my business and my workout schedule fit how my body and my mindset best reacted. So for me, it was, no, you do better when you wake up at seven, seven thirty without an alarm. So just get up at seven, seven thirty. follow your normal morning routine. You have your best workouts at one or two o'clock in the afternoon. The gyms are a little bit more quiet at that time. So go to the gym at that time, time block that in. And then Sam, your most creative ideas are always later at night when you're getting ready to wind down. So instead, I'm going to time block out from 10 to 1130 at night, my brainstorming. And I can tell you one of my, my new program that just dropped the 16 week bikini body that came to me at one o'clock in the morning, as I was getting ready to go to bed, I wrote it down on a piece of paper and then revisited it, um, six months later. And here we are, and it's my most successful project. So don't ever dismiss a, um, random thought because it may turn into something later on. So just write it down. Yes, I absolutely love how that sort of came to be. And like you said, I think it's different for everyone and finding those times and, you know, making that work with your schedule is what's really going to help you thrive as a business owner um, or just anyone in general with sort of those goals that they're reaching for. And do you have just sort of, I guess, one key piece of advice that anyone could really take, whether it's health or nutrition wise, um, especially, you know, right now, if with things, you know, more closed off and some gyms closed, something that they can really take and sort of implement? Yeah. So again, I, I know that this whole, this whole conversation has kind of turned into time blocking, but it's just so important to create forward preparation. And this is the number one thing that I talk to other entrepreneurs about. Um, and even clients of my own is time management. So what I would say is pre-plan your meals in advance for the week. Um, pick one day to spend one to two hours on that day to grocery shop, to cook all of your food, get them prepared, put them in your fridge and your freezer. So that way, when you do get through your week, you're not running into the issue of, oh, what am I going to have? And then you're just reaching for like a random snack or reaching for, um, you know, something that might not be the healthiest, but it's the most convenient. In order to have product productivity, we have to fuel our minds with whole nutritious sources and everything really does stem from our gut. And whether that's cognitive brain function, whether that's energy levels, um, creativity, or even just feeling our best, it comes from our nutrition. So above all, make sure that your nutrition is your first priority, that you're fueling yourself with whole nutritious sources that support not only your 
physique and health goals, but are also going to help keep you on track and feeling your body for your business. Yes, absolutely. I think that's such a great piece of advice that anyone can really take and implement right now. And I think especially right now, like you said, it's, it's more important than ever. So thank you so much for sharing that. And you had mentioned too, at the beginning, being featured in some magazines, and I know you've also created um, a lot of partnerships. And do you want to just sort of talk a little bit about this and you know how those came to be? Yeah, a couple years ago, I was able, I was very fortunate to obtain an opportunity to be on the cover in a four page spread of Scottsdale Health and Fitness Magazine here in Phoenix, Arizona. For entrepreneurs, media is extremely important because it creates brand awareness. Um, So even if you are looking to grow awareness in your brand or through your social media platform, I would highly recommend becoming a content contributor for bigger magazines so that you're getting recognition on a national level and a um, international level. So first pitching um, ideas and value that you would give your Instagram or Facebook following to these magazines is a great way to get your foot in the door. So local content or local media sources are a great stepping stone into larger platforms. So I would highly recommend doing some research and finding some magazines or even online uh, news sources that you can contribute to. And once you become a contributor, let's say Strong Magazine, for instance, because I've done a few interviews with them and um, have received some great advice is, okay, so like, let's say you go to apply for Strong Magazine and you're like, oh, wow, I really want to be a cover model and I want to help, um, I want to get involved in like spreads that they provide. So one way to get your foot in the door is being, again, a contributor which you can get in touch with their editors and then send them topic ideas that they'll be able to publish and run in their magazines. And they're always looking for people to contribute. But when you start doing that on a more consistent basis, you start to build trust and relationships with those editors. And then they may look into your social media and then eventually decide that, hey, you know, I want to, we want to feature you and we want to use you on our cover. Um, So local things can be a great stepping stone for that aspect. Um, And then making sure that you're always showing up uh, genuine to whatever you're posting. If you can't stand behind it and you truly don't believe in it, then you probably shouldn't be pitching it. And then a couple of other media sources is I've been so fortunate uh, to grow with podcasts. I think that podcasts are a great way to increase exposure to your brands. But again, just like you would pitch to media um, for magazines, you want to make sure that you're pitching to podcasts that are within your specific niche and you know, giving them relevant ideas that are going to help grow their viewers, but are also going to help grow your brand recognition as well. And then creating lasting relationships and networking through um, those people. Uh, which I'm so happy you have me here, Sarah. Thank you. Big shout out. (laughs) Um, But yeah, those are just a few ways. I've been fortunate enough to interview with Beyond the Image podcast by James Patrick, um, The Sight of Mayo Show, which is another podcast that's local here. Um, I've been fortunate enough to influence for FabFitFun, which is a huge, huge company. They work with a lot of celebrities. Um, I just did a podcast with the Healthpreneur Show. They're based out of Canada. Um, And then Mental Loops is another podcast. 
I am so excited. I've had, I've been able to work with loungewear. Do you even, um, yeah, just, uh, wicked supplements. They're great. Um, just to name a few. So I'm going to take a quick break to talk about skincare, more specifically three ships beauty. You might recognize them as New Body from the first season, who have now rebranded to Three Ships while keeping their amazing 100% natural ingredient skincare products. All of the products are cruelty-free and nothing goes to the market unless it has been significantly proven to work. Best of all, all of their products are under $40 US. This is my absolute favorite skincare brand. I use their products every single day and it has made such a massive difference and I'm so excited to be able to offer the listeners 20% off their purchase using made it happen 20. Just head to threeshipsbeauty.com and use code made it happen 20 for 20% off. You talked about a lot of amazing, you know, partnerships there and, you know, big big success moments. Is there sort of one particular one throughout your journey that really stands out to you looking back? I think that Scottsdale Health has been the most impactful. It wasn't impactful in the terms of, let's say, like lead generation or increased following through social media, but it was like a life goal that I personally wanted to accomplish was landing a cover model opportunity. When I first got into bodybuilding and competing, that's all I wanted to do was to model and, you know, to have that, um, to add to my resume and, it was, it was more so just a personal achievement, but it ended up bringing so much value to other people and then helped increase my brand awareness so that more people were trusting and wanting to work with me. And this is something I want to piggyback on to reaching out to media outlets or getting involved in um, podcasting is you always want to make sure that what you're representing is true to who you are. And I've seen this kind of vary across the board for different influencers. I mean, I'm not a big influencer. I'm, you know, I have a micro influence and I'm very blessed and fortunate, but the people that I do have are genuine and they've been with me for many years. And I'm so happy to welcome the newcomers along the way. Um, But one thing that you'll always find on my page and when I work with brands, I never back brands I don't believe in or personally use myself because then I'm giving a false narrative of something that I wouldn't even contribute to my friends or family. And if you can't sell it to your friends and family or recommend that as a product to use, then I don't think that any sort of monetary value could ever morally, um, I guess support that decision to work with a brand. So if you are thinking about getting into influencing and using that as another source of income, don't be afraid to stand your ground and really respect who you are as an individual and what that company is that you're going to stand behind. Because if you go into influencing, you want to make sure you're working with working with brands that you could see yourself partnering with for long-term collaborations. So don't go, don't take everything that comes your way. Do your research about that company. Um, you know, try out their products first. And if you absolutely love them and you have to brag about them to your followers, then maybe talk about pursuing a paid contract, uh, and helping endorse them. But 
I think that that's like my biggest giveaway is just always be true to who you are and what you stand for and show up to your social media authentically yourself. And then you'll be able to grow your tribe because people want to engage and grow with other people that they relate to. Like when I look at big influencers, sometimes I'm like, I don't have a G wagon and I don't have a million dollars and yeah, your, your lifestyle looks great, but you know, I'm, I'm just a normal person. I'm not a celebrity. So I'm more drawn to connect and engage with other people that are similar to me. And I I hope that helps or makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. I think there's so many great points there and I definitely agree. And I think that, you know, especially with sort of influencers and, you know, recommending products and stuff, that's what really builds the trust with your audience. So if you're, you know, promoting something that you really don't believe in, then, you know, that breaks that trust and, you know, loses that authenticity, which is what I think people really connect with, with people, not even just influencers, but just people on social media in general is just that authenticity. And like you said, people that are like them and not just doing it, you know, for the money. Um, So I think that's such great, you know, piece of advice and so important to remember. And um, I also wanted to ask as well as since starting your business last year, has there been sort of one big challenge that you really had to overcome with your business? And what did you do during this time? Yes. So Actually, two things that I've really had to overcome, and one ties into social media management. Um, The first one is likes don't always mean money. And just because people are liking your content or um, like viewing your content, it doesn't necessarily mean that they are your specific niche or lead. And that was something that was really hard for me to overcome was when I started shifting my social media into my business, I had to change my content and I had to change what I was pitching to and what I was, um, really what my message was and what I wanted people to hear. And that really made me discouraged when I started getting less and less engagement on posts And at first in the beginning, because I really do think that we tie our validation sometimes to likes on Instagram. I think that we kind of do get an endorphin rush from like higher likes, right? It kind of gives us a sense of purpose and makes us feel a little bit more valid, which is so asinine. It's so crazy, but it's also so relevant. And I talk to many, many, many women that feel that way about social media and then falling into this comparison mode. So I would scroll through Instagram and I would follow a lot of other coaches. And just from what they were posting, I fell into the trap of believe everything you see when in reality, it, I don't, I don't go home with them at night. You know, I don't live with them. I don't know what these people's lives are like. But to me, because they were getting more engagement on their social media, I felt like I wasn't worthy or capable of achieving success. So I had to do a big Instagram audit and I had to go through and unfollow everything that wasn't inspiring me or creating a toxic headspace because it was holding me back from putting out content that was going to help grow my bank account for one, but to allow me to give value to the people that really need my help. And 
So I start I started unfollowing things that didn't inspire me or put me into a competitive headspace and started following more artistic viewpoints or artistic accounts and started following things that brought me joy and made me happy when I got on social media and it was a game changer. It was so inspiring and so motivating and I was excited to be on social media. It didn't feel like a chore. It didn't feel like my job. I just it helped me feel like I could show up into my space and be authentically me. And I think that's a piece of advice that like really everyone should apply because social media can be so damaging if we use it in the wrong headspace, but it can be so, so incredibly wonderful if we use it in the right mindset. Um, So that was a big one for me. And then when I started putting out genuine content that I felt was helpful. Other people started to catch on to that. And that's when my leads started increasing. And um, whether it was lower likes on a picture or a video, that would bring me, you know, five or six clients at a time. And that's when I was able to break that mindset of, you know, likes generate, generate leads. Well, they don't generate leads. Your value generates leads. Uh, The second one is making sure that you're able to, again, pivot with the times and getting in touch with your audience. So for me, I thought I knew what my audience wanted. And I actually just had a rediscovery last night. I, I oftentimes run, I like to call them story traps on my Instagram stories where I do a series of polls or questions that are designed in a way to vet qualified leads for my potential client of who I want to work with. And I think an awesome way to tie this into nurturing your accounts is asking your audience what they want and asking your audience what kind of content they find value in and what they want to see more of. Because as a contributor, you're giving a contribution to your followers. And if you want to grow your email list, then you first have to nurture and grow your rented following, such as Instagram. And then when they find enough value, they start following your email list and they start subscribing and signing up for things. Um, because you're delivering to them the building blocks, if you will, that they need to help reach their end goals. But then they're still kind of missing that 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 last puzzle piece and that last puzzle piece is you as a coach and your knowledge that you've invested into your schooling to create a program or a nutrition plan that that's the missing key that they need to find that full success. A hundred percent. I definitely agree. And I think you touched on so many great points there. And, you know, especially too about sort of the whole, the whole comparison, you know, aspect as well. I think not only for entrepreneurs or business owners, but just anyone in general. And I think especially taking that, you know, social media audit and cleaning it out and making sure that you're following people or accounts that really inspire you and motivate you instead of, you know, the other way around is a great first step. And yeah, I think, I just think that there are so many great, you know, piece of advice there that people can really take and move forward. And one question I always like to ask as well is if you had one piece of advice that you were going to give to someone who was thinking of starting a business, or maybe if you could tell yourself something when you were first starting out, uh, what would that be? don't wait, don't walk, just run. And 
it'll be the best decision you ever make in your life. And you will never, ever, ever look back. But the only way that we can do that is allowing our biggest fears to drive us forward rather than keep us paralyzed. And that comes with taking imperfect action. You're never going to be perfect in your craft. You are never going to be perfect in the decisions that you make. But if you can learn from it, you can grow from it. And the only way we do that is by taking risk. And you don't have to be a gambler to take a risk. Um, You just have to have a smart and effective approach. And that comes with being able to set aside your pride and set aside everything that you know and get comfortable with being uncomfortable. So I think that that's my biggest piece of advice is don't walk, just run. Don't think, just do. And fine tune and perfect as you go because you're going to learn so much. You're going to learn so much about yourself. You're going to learn so much about your business and your business is going to change over the course of six months, the first 90 days, the first year. And it's, it's going to turn into exactly what it's supposed to be as long as you keep going. And you're going to want to quit more times more times than it makes sense to keep going. But if you just push through that barrier and have a little bit of hope, you're going to be just fine. Yes, I I absolutely love that. And I think that's, you know, such a great piece of advice to end off with. But I do you have just any future plans for your business that you would like to share? I do. I have a new home program that is getting ready to be released. I don't have set dates yet, so I don't want to set any official timeline, but it is coming. If anybody wants to connect or wants to be a part of the Sam Wallace Fitness community, they can follow me at Sam Wallace Fit on Instagram. Uh, feel free to join my email list at samwallacefitness.com. Um, I do a lot of exclusive content and stuff like that for my email followers, um, just giving them discounts and giveaways and um, really great advice, recipes, workouts, um, and sneak peeks into pre-sales for uh, programs. Thanks for listening to Made It Happen Podcast, the podcast highlighting female entrepreneurs. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, leave a review, and I'll see you next week.